0: And today, uh, I just want to speak to you from uh, just a passage of Scripture, a brief passage of Scripture in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 in the New King James Version. Notice there are these words. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed this was a prophetic promise that God gave to father Abraham and in this prophetic promise it began to reveal to us something about the nature of a loving God who does something in families. That's why I love the feel of family here at Union Church. This is family. This is a healthy place. This is a place where Jesus is celebrated. And I, I just love it that even though it is run by millennials, I feel at home. I really do. I really do. I believe that there's something here for... Every person, I don't care whether you're in your tender teens, your teachable twenties, your tireless thirties, your forcible forties, your fearful fifties, your seasoned sixties, your settled seventies, your aching eighties, your nebulous nineties, or your prodigious hundreds, wherever you are. <laughs> yes, there's something in the house for everybody today. There really is. And I'm so glad that you're here to get it. But here, Abraham was receiving something That was a directional, confirmational word from God that God was going to do something in his generation. And he was really letting him know that, listen, Abraham, you are blessed to be able to bless somebody else. You're not blessed just so you can live on easy street and in a comfort zone. You're blessed to bless. You're taught to teach. You're fed to feed. You're comforted to comfort that whatever God has done for you, whatever he's doing in you, he now wants to do through you. And so I I, want to, I want to give you three words today, catch, carry, convey, catch, carry and convey. Abraham caught a vision from God. He caught something. He caught something. People who are barren are folks who haven't caught anything. You ought to give birth to something, even if it's not a child, it ought to be a business. Even if it's not a business, it ought to be a book. I, I, I've written about eight of them. Don't buy mine if you haven't bought your pastors. But you ought, you, ought, you ought to give birth to something that outlives you. That's a part of the blessing. You ought to catch something, catch something. Uh, it is designed so that in our sports teams, uh, on, on a football team, they, the, the players begin to run out and a quarterback is looking for somebody who's open. Guess who the quarterback in this great game is called? And he's only looking to get the ball into somebody's hand who is open. He's looking for open people. He's looking for people that that have a receptivity to the things of God. He's not looking for starving people. He's looking for hungry people. There's a difference. Blessed are those that hunger, not who are starving because you can go into starvation mode after three days you lose your appetite you're starving but you have no hunger god doesn't come to feed the starving he comes to feed the the hungry and so when you have a hunger for god he is one of the 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 definition names of god is el shaddai it literally means the multi-breasted one it means that god has enough breasts for every one of his children And you know how breasts work. They work on supply and demand. So the stronger your hunger, the stronger the flow that comes into your life. And that's why whenever you come into the house of God, you ought to have a hunger for God. Lord, I'm hungering for your presence. I'm hungering for your presence, for your power, for your anointing, for your glory. I'm hungry for your revelation. I'm hungry for your truth. I'm hungry for your word, God. I'm hungry for you to do something in my life, God, that that has not yet been done. But I want you to realize that God wants to do something through you that cannot fully be expressed in one generation. And that's why God chose Abraham. He didn't choose Abraham because Abraham was a righteous man. He chose Abraham according to Genesis chapter 18 because Abraham was a man who would be faithful to teach his children and command his household after him. So God was saying that, Abraham, what I want to do in your life, this is not just about you, Abraham. I want to give it to somebody that I can trust to get it to others. So that if I bless you, that the blessing will not sit with you. The blessing, listen, a church, The the effectiveness of a church is not determined by how many it seats, but how many it sends. You're designed to be sent. This is not just to come in to be seated. No, no, no. This is not a seating church. This is a sending church. Go ye into all the world. It's the ecclesia. We're the called out ones to go out. That Whatever you catch… You don't just sit with it. Can you imagine a football player who catches a ball and just stands there? No, no, no. When you you catch the ball, you then carry it across the goal line. In basketball, if you get the ball in your hand, you have to carry it to the basket. It has to be You catch it and then you carry it. Abraham caught a dream from God. He caught it. And there ought to be something that whenever you're in God's presence that... You know that he's got it and it's a shame if you come into the presence of god and you don't catch anything isn't it amazing though that you can be in a place and god can speak to you and somebody will be sitting right next to you and it completely went over their head and it's like were we in the same place did we hear the same thing how can you sit still when in your spirit you were catching gems that were coming to you i mean it's amazing. So you catch something. You catch it. The only reason that you catch it is so you can carry it. You know, my wife is here with me. Next year, we celebrate 40 years of marriage. Wow. She's my ride or die chick. And, and we, we, we met in high school. She's the only girl I've ever dated. She stole my virginity. But it's the best I've ever had I don't have any flashbacks of comparisons it is the best that I have ever had i tell you that is a blessing when you do it God's way God's a God of covenant God is a God of covenant. I know that may sound a little bit old-fashioned today but I have no regrets and if I had to do it all over again I'd go back and choose the same girl all over again when I saw her for the first time in the flesh she she was lying at my feet. I looked down and I said, Goody, a woman who knows her place. Listen, she, she, she tripped over her friend's foot. It, that's her story. And then fell at my feet. Anything to get a man's attention. But she caught my eye. You got to catch something. If you don't catch anything, you have nothing to work with. You got to catch the attention of somebody. She fell at my feet, caught my attention. She fell at my feet. She claimed she tripped over her friend's foot and fell at mine. I'm 6'2", my wife is five feet. She saw 6'2", of strapping handsomeness, and her knees gave way. My God, I tell you, there are so many things that are bouncing around in my spirit to share with you today. I feel like a mosquito in a nudist colony. (laughs) but trust me it's not going to take all day for us to do what we need to do today I'm going to be just like a miniskirt short enough to be interesting but long enough to cover the subject matter touch your neighbor say I like this guy already I like this guy already you ought to be able to be blessed in the house of God and come and catch something from him and then carry it can God trust you to carry something that is sacred? Can God trust you to carry something that is bigger than who you are and where you are? Can he trust you to carry something during, while you're in process? Because God will never give you the baby in full form. It starts on a microscopic level. And God was trying to let him know, Abraham, that you don't realize that I've already spoken to you the word. But you haven't manifested it yet because faith is not merely hearing, faith is seeing as God sees. And until what you have heard God say, create an image, a sound. you ever notice when a woman is pregnant and you get a ultrasound or a sonogram, it is, they are sound waves that bounce back from the actual image and then create a picture that what you hear creates what you see. So now you are getting the image based on a word of what you heard. Abraham had heard that God was going to make of him a great nation and that he was gonna be blessed and that his offspring after him were gonna be blessed and he had no children. He was just hearing a promise that he caught and now he's having to carry it in a gestational period, until this thing begins to manifest in his life. What is it that you have caught from God as a divine idea? Uh, before you can give birth to something, you have to conceive. It's, a, it's called a concept. Conception. Before you can birth something into reality, there must come a divine concept. God was speaking to him the Word to give him the concept. The Word is the concept of the business that you can start, the ministry that you can birth, the book that you can write, the script that you can draft. It's something that you begin to get a concept of. There is always a concept before there is a conception, and there's always a conception before there is a birthing. So you have to catch the concept. What concept is God trying to drop to you? And sometimes God just speaks to you and and he will expose you because it is impossible for you to think beyond your exposure. That's why God will let you see some things and then he'll quicken something in your spirit and say, that's what I'm supposed to have right there. Can you imagine? I just want to walk you through a process here of what happened with Abraham. Abraham caught a divine idea from God. He caught it. He caught it. He just caught it. You gotta catch it. You gotta have something to work with in your hand. Just catch it, just a concept. It doesn't have to be the money yet. But it's the idea for it. If you can just get the right concept, and that's why you're sitting in a in a critical place right now. Because where you sit determines what you see and how you think. Where you sit determines what you see and how you think what goes into here where you sit determines what you see and how you think so here's abraham he's in his tent with sarah they're both old now i mean can you imagine he's in his 90s sarah is in her late 80s they've heard about this promise and nothing has happened yet All they had was a word from God, a concept. But there's not been a conception yet. God will give you the word. And it's not until you take the word and bury it in your heart. That it becomes a conception. Until it takes root, it cannot bear fruit. It's trying to take root. He's looking for good ground. Which is an open heart where the seed of God's word that falls on your hearing can take root and then Go down with roots and bear fruit. Union church is a manifestation of what happened in two that then blended into one. What a unique and glorious story. Can you imagine? It's how when God takes a husband and a wife and allows the two to mingle into one and they give birth to something that will outlive them and has the capacity to become greater than both. Touch somebody and say, we are better together we're better together talent needs a team to be terrific talent needs a team to be terrific talent needs a team to be terrific i don't care how gifted you are by yourself you might be a fabulous cook but you can't just open up a restaurant just because you're a fabulous cook you need somebody who has management skills marketing skills you got to be able to partner yourself and build a team it's the teamwork that makes the dream work talent makes this thing when you've got teamwork And talent put together that's what makes it all work together all things work together for the good of them that love God and who are the called according to his purpose when God has a purpose for you he starts putting people together and building the team because listen if you can do it by yourself it's not much God will never ever give you a dream or a vision that you can accomplish without the help of other people if you can accomplish your dream by yourself, your dream is too small. God would never, ever give you a dream and then write himself out of the script in your life. So God is up to something. I just feel that God is up to something bigger than you can imagine, and God's trying to build the dream team, so you have to be able to witness when God has a connection. I couldn't multiply by myself, no matter how gifted I was, no matter how intelligent, how wise I am. It, it, I couldn't reproduce until a girl fell at my feet, caught my eye, captured my attention, captured my heart. And I knew when I had heard that I had somebody who had my heart. Don't just get somebody who's got your back, get somebody who's got your heart. You build with people who have your heart. People that's got your back can end up stabbing you in your back. But if they got your heart, they will never stab you in your back when you have people. David was a man after God's own heart. own heart. You want people with you on your team that have your heart, not merely your back. When they have the heart, they have the heart of the vision. They're sold out, they're committed to, they're saying, God, I'm here. They're there with their finances. They're there with their service. They're there with their time. They're there with their relationships. They're there with their influence. They are bringing the stuff that they have because their heart is connected. And when there is a heart connection, God begins to do some exceptional things. But here's Abraham, 99 years old, got a promise that a child is coming. And can you imagine you're almost 100 years old and the promise had not come yet? I think that God was setting him up so that his glory would be revealed in a unique way. And uh, I worked as an accountant for a number of years. I started doing payroll for our companies when I was 12 years old before we had computers. And I would have to figure, you know, federal taxes and state taxes and and social security and then back all of that out and get a net pay. And so, and I was doing all of that. And so, uh, because my mother was an accountant. And so I learned and and, and I was doing payroll, handling payroll for the entire company by the time I was 12 years old. So I'm I'm pretty decent with numbers. Uh, Scientists tell us, you know, when God told Abraham... Abraham, I want you to look up, count the stars, because now he's trying to give a vision to the stuff that he's only heard. He only had a concept, but he didn't have an image. And God wanted to be made according to the image that was in his heart. That's got to be a picture in your heart. That's got to be a picture of what you're going for in your heart. So he says, Abraham, Abraham, get out, go outside. Now I want you to look up. And can you understand that God told him to look up at a time that it was dark? That's when you need to see something, is when your whole world is dark. It's when people are turning on you, when you don't have the money to do what you need to do, when your health might be challenged in a particular area, when more people are pulling on you and you don't have the, the, the wherewithal, the energy to even know what to do, when you cannot see what to do, that's when it's dark. The Holy Ghost works best in your life when you are outside of your comfort zone when you cannot see all of the solution, there's a reason that God has obscured things for them. So that you have to trust him in the dark of the thing that he said to you while you were in the light. So if you ever come into a dark period in your life, trust what he said in the light while you're in the dark. And so he comes to Abraham in the dark and said, Abraham, I want you to look up in the light. Look up in the dark and count count the stars. And can you imagine what it's like to try to count stars on a black backdrop of the dark sky? And these stars are shining up in the sky and he's trying to count and he keeps losing count. Scientists tell us that we can only, the natural human eye can only see about 6,000 stars with the naked eye. But do you know how many stars that they tell us are in the heavens? 10 sextillion. That's a lot of stars. That's a thousand to the seventh power. That's a one followed by 21 zeros. That's a lot of stars. I just want to give you a reference to to even understand there are five, they estimate that there are five sextillion grains of sand on the earth. But there are 10 sextillion stars in the heavens. There's a double portion in the heavens of what's on the earth. And so if you can ever, when you're experiencing scarcity on the earth, if you can ever look up, your faith can be strengthened. That's not the time he didn't tell him to look down. God told him, lift up your heads, O your gates, and be ye lifted up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. So he looked up and he saw the stars. He said, so shall your seed be. He said, I want you to imagine one of your offspring, one of your grandchildren on the face of every every star. Can you imagine when God is talking to you about your grandchildren and you haven't had a child yet? He's talking about all of the future generations that are gonna come out of your loins and you've not had one child yet? That's the kind of faith that God brings out and he wanted to show him a picture of it. He had heard it for, for, for a while, for 25 years almost. But now for the first time, he begins to see a visualization of what God had been saying to him. Can you picture, can you imagine? what God has in store for you? Can you imagine what God wants to do for you? Can you just imagine it? Can you imagine it? There are 10 sextillion stars. I'll tell you, I, I was really good in math. I did algebra as a hobby. And, and so, you know what a million is? A thousand million is called a, a billion. A thousand billion is called a, a trillion. A thousand trillion is called a... Quadrillion. A thousand quadrillion is called a quintillion. A thousand quintillion is called a sextillion. There are ten sextillion stars in the heavens. And God tells Abraham, look up and count them. There are ten sextillion. He says, oh, Abraham, how many children do you believe in me for? One. Just one. It started with one, just just one. If I can just get Isaac. And we have a whole lot of information in the Bible about Abraham and a whole lot about Jacob and just a spattering about Isaac. The name Isaac means laughter. Nobody took him serious because Isaac was a bridge. And what God wants to get to you is to be able to go from the singularity of what you're looking at in the earth. We got the five sextillion grains here, but there are 10 sextillion there. When you step up into the next dimension into that, that realm of the heavenlies, now everything is doubled. There's a double portion up there. If you can ever see into the double while you are in scarcity and lack mindset, lift up your head above the darkness of what you can't see to the provisions of what God has already provided. When Abraham went up on on Mount Moriah to be able to offer up that one son, because whatever God has blessed you with, he's going to ask for it back. To see whether you trust him or not. And he had to sacrifice the very thing that he had to labor and wait so long to get. And he says, give him back to me. Give him back to me. And he goes and builds the altar. You know the story. But he caught something from God and he carried it in his heart for 25 years before it manifested. Can God trust you to deal with something for years before it manifests? Patience is a secret weapon that forces deception to reveal itself. And, 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 and whoever you're dating, patience is a secret weapon to reveal. If you just be patient, If you're getting ready to go into business with somebody and you don't know them, give it time. Patience is a secret weapon that forces deception to reveal itself. It's a secret weapon. Use the secret weapon. When you understand what God does with time, when he's just giving you chill time, the time is to put you in process. You have to go through a process to be able to handle what God is trying to prepare you for. It takes time. Time is a great revealer. Time is a great healer. Time is a revealer. Time is a healer. And time is a concealer. There are some things that God delivers you out of that when you give it time and you tell people your testimony of where you used to be, it conceals it. They can't, not you. No, I don't even believe that you were doing that. I didn't know that you were that kind of a freak. Not you is a great concealer. Time is a great revealer and time is a great healer. Give it time. God took his time. He's eternal. He has nothing but time on his hands. So he's not running according to our watches. God is moving in divine timing. That is a Kairos moment that is designed for you. And even when you thought that it's a little too old, I'm a living manifestation of that. My daddy was 50 years old when I was born. He had my younger brother at 55. He had my baby brother at 60. Wow. <laughs> yes he did. And he was an exceptional father. And here was my dad's motto. No amount of success, and he became a multimillionaire. but here was his motto. No amount of success can compensate for failure at home. No amount of success can compensate for failure at home. I didn't just grow up in the house with the wisdom of a father. I grew up in the house with the wisdom of a grandfather. Because my daddy was literally old enough to be my granddaddy. And every time he came up to my school, people would say, man, that's your granddaddy. I'm like, no, that's my daddy. And he was hyperactive. And a blessing in my life. And that was a gift to me. To give me a daddy who wasn't still dealing with trying to sow his wild oats. He didn't marry my mother until he was 40. And so he started his family at 40 years old because you know what he was doing prior to that? He was building his business. So that by the time he started his family, his focus was on his children. Will you shout out the word focus to me? Focus. When you have focus, focus. You know what the word focus literally means? It means fireplace. Literally. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm an etymologist, I know. It, it literally means Fireplace. Whenever you lose your focus, you lose your fire. And if you have seemingly grown cold in some areas, it's because you took your eye off of what God was promising you, what he was talking to you about, and you became discouraged because it took too long and you became like Abraham and produced your Ishmael Because you start looking around but my faith looks up to you regret looks back doubt looks around but my faith looks up to you Faith always looks up because God is trying to get something to you Not from you. It's amazing what God does and he's a very very relational God that we serve and that's why he wanted to be known not as the God who does miracles so great And he does miracles and awesome power and splitting red seas and bringing plagues upon Egypt and all of that. But he didn't want to be known as the God of miracles. He wanted to be known as a personal God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God says, I don't want to be known merely for what I do. I want to be known for the relationships that I have. At the end of all of it, if you lose everything, if you get money and don't have all relationships, you don't have anything. And so he's bringing us back to a focus. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because God is so big and the destiny that he's created for you is so huge that it cannot be completed in any one generation. So God is looking, he's just looking, he's searching out in the earth trying to find people whose hearts are open, ready to catch the vision, catch a glimpse of their destiny, catch it and then carry it with patience While you go through process, while you deal with sickness and discouragement and hurts and hangups and bad habits, and while you're going through all of your issues and your stuff, can you carry this thing with a faith in your heart to say, God, can you work out this issue that I'm having in my relationship right now and the challenge that I feel in my body right now? Lord, I trust you. Though you slay me, yet will I trust you because it is part of the process where God is building your character. I want you to understand this principle. Quick success builds your ego. Slow success builds your character. Let God do it. Quick success builds your ego. Slow success builds your character. And God will take his time to be able to lay a foundation in your life. If you want to build something great, take your time and lay the foundation. Lay the foundation. Because the deeper and the, well, the, the, the better established your foundation, the larger the thing, the stronger the thing that can be built for the glory of God. God is up to something at Union Church. You are blessed to be a part of it because God is up to something. God is up to something. And, and, and it's profound. And it will blow your mind and take you into another place. And you can't do it alone. Do you realize that one horse... Just one horse alone can pull about 9,000 pounds of of weight. But if you get two and yoke them together, they don't pull 18,000. It becomes exponential, it's cubed. They can now, two horses can pull 27,000 pounds. It's more than double of what just adding one other person to you. One horse. Nine Two horses yoked together, 27,000. Here's the way the Bible says, one to put 1,000 to flight, but two, not 2,000, but 10,000. It becomes expo- exponential. If you can just find your partner, Abraham, no matter how great he was, couldn't do it without Sarah. Thank God for Pastor Zai. Pastor Stephen is incredibly gifted, but he couldn't do it without his ride-or-die chick. And bam, hitty hit these babies come. Bam, bip-bop-bam. Destiny, that's destiny. Do you understand that legacy is not about the past? Legacy is about the future. Legacy is about what you set in motion. It's about what you give birth to that will outlive you. God is up to something. God is up to something. God is up to something. And let me just tell you this. I know because some of you are in situations where you can't see what God is doing. And it looked like the original plan that you have has derailed and that there's no way that this can happen now. But I want you to realize this, that when you don't know what else to do, set your eyes on him. When we don't know what else to do, Lord, our eyes are upon you. When we don't know what else to do, Lord, our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are on you. Here's what I have heard God saying to me in this season. Watch what I do next. Watch what I do next. Those five words, watch what I do next. Set your eyes on him. Set your expectations. You catch something from God, you carry it, you carry it. You don't determine when it's time for it to be birthed. The labor pains will become crashing down on you. Your water will break. It will become uncomfortable for you to sleep at night. You're, you get issues in your lower back because you're carrying something in you. You're carrying it in the front, but you feel it in the back. It's amazing that God has something that you're carrying on the inside of you. There's something that God is moving in you, and some of you cannot see what the next step is, and God, this didn't work out, and how now is this going to work? But you trust him. When we don't know what else to do, Lord, our eyes are upon you. And I heard God saying in this season, you watch what I do next. Watch what I do next. You're getting ready to step into one of the greatest seasons of your life. Eighty-seven times the Bible says, "Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly, you'll be waiting for something, and all of a sudden, suddenly, 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 the miracle power of God suddenly your healing springs forth. Suddenly, the tumor is dissolved. Suddenly, the loan is approved. Suddenly, the scholarship money comes. Suddenly, what you've been believing God from breaks forth in your life. You're about to step into a divine season of suddenness—the divine suddenlies of God. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly." And I never will forget my my wife and I, we've got 15 grandchildren, number 16 is on the way. And one of my granddaughters, she was about four years old at the time and she was sitting in the room in between services and I gave her a sheet of paper and I had one little piece of crayon in my office and I, I gave it to her so that she could draw because she's artistic artistic. And she started drawing on a piece of paper, and she bore down too hard. And what happens when you're trying to make your dream come true? And the thing that you were bearing down on to make your dream come true breaks. And she began to cry. And they call me G-Daddy. And she was crying, and G-Daddy wanted to make it better. And so I go over to her And I take the two pieces of the crayon that it is broken into, and I said to her, you see your cousin over there? Now you have something to share with her. I said, you don't have anything to share with anybody until it's first broken. When you're broken now, you can share it. And I thought that that revelation of the Holy Spirit would bring comfort to her heart, but she's four years old. She was still crying. And so I prayed a different prayer this time, I said, Lord, help me to make this word relevant to her on her level. And I stooped down and I took a piece of that broken crayon and began to move it across the page. As I said these words, broken crayons, still color. Broken crayons, still color. And somehow a smile broke out on her face when she saw that what broke in her hand still had all of the efficacy to be able to finish the picture that she was afraid could not be finished. Let me just tell you this. If anybody can walk away from you, they are not critical to the fulfilling of your destiny. God will never lock your destiny in the hands of somebody who will walk away from you. If you've got the faith to be able to say, God, you gave this to me. I've caught it from you and I've been carrying it and I have fumbled it and I have broken it, God. But he calculated all of that into the equation and he will never let people walk out of your life where their remaining is critical to your fulfilling the assignment that he has given to you as long as you have given God your yes people can walk out they can abandon you they can betray you they can hurt you but God will get the glory in the end the vision shall be established though it tarry wait for it it shall speak the child shall be born. The business will come forth. You're going to write the script. God says it shall be done. Broken crayons, still color. You will still be able to fulfill the destiny and watch what God will do. You watch what God will do because some of you have got gifts and talents and abilities on the, end of it, on the inside of you and there's something that he's given you to do and because something happened, some of you, the wind was knocked out of you. But I heard the Lord say that he's, you're getting ready to get your second wind. You're getting ready to get your second win. You are getting ready to get your 2nd win you are getting ready to get your 2nd win. Your second wind. God's getting ready to blow on you in a fresh renewal. And you'll be able to take that wind and mount up with wings as eagles and run and not get weary and walk and not faint. You've got something that you to catch. I hope you've caught a little something today. And I hope that you're carrying it in your spirit gestating that thing and allowing that thing to marinate on the inside of you and ask God that he will show you how to work this out in your real everyday life and then you'll convey it that what he's done for you and to you and in you then now he will do through you and that somebody else will look at the struggle that you came out of and the setback that you experienced and say if God could bring them out of that if he could deliver them from the alcohol and from the drugs if he could bring them out of the shame if he could break that addiction to pornography what can it do for me and God said whatever he's done for you and in you and to you he's now ready to do through you in the name of Jesus and none of this happens by our own power it happens by our ability to be able to trust the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and really the greatest way to get over is to go under submission to god is the greatest way to find liberty your liberty in jesus is found by saying lord not by might nor by my power but it's by your spirit and i can't do anything god until i have rested in the power of your blood that died for me i want you to just pray this prayer if you've not received jesus and if you need the power of the holy spirit in and it's just accept the saving work of Jesus Christ in your life I want you to pray this prayer with me dear Lord Jesus I ask you to come into my heart wash me and cleanse me of all of my sins I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me that I might have a right to the tree of life I receive him right now into my life to live big in me, think through my thoughts, move through my actions, and cause me to never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, amen. Now will you celebrate those who have made that commitment today? Let's celebrate these folks coming into the family of God.